More MIP right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been some time and we've not talked since a lot of the latest developments with Tucker Carlson. So we're anxious to get all caught up with the president of Media Matters for America, our good friend, Angelo Carasone, who celebrating a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Angelo. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. So, man, well, let's start here. Fox asked Media Matters to stop reporting on and disclosing Tucker Carlson's checks. Yeah, I mean, we had a bunch of leaked videos and um, uh, they had told us, they had threatened us that they would, uh, I guess, sue us or try to sue us uh, if we continued to publish them. And, you know, what was kind of remarkable about that is, you know, we had, I mean, most of the videos that we were publishing were, they were related to exposing some, some truth, which is, you know, one of them was Tucker Carlson talking about how Fox Nation, which is their streaming service, um, is both, it doesn't perform well, but more importantly, he basically questioned the, the narrative that Fox has been telling people, which is that they have a lot of viewers. Um, he, was, he was sort of undermining that public data, um, suggesting that really they don't really have any subscribers. Um, you know, there were all sort of like little snippets of, to illustrate, you know, Fox attacking his colleagues, some of the misogyny, and it sort of lined up with these other things that were coming out, but people respond better to the visual. And... Uh, yeah, so they threatened us. We continue to publish the videos, and I mean, it it it's it is kind of laughable. I mean, even even right wing conservatives were sort of ripping on Fox for suggesting that we shouldn't be publishing leaked material. Um, it's a leak, and you get to publish leaks. That's the way the news works. So uh, they don't really have much of a leg to stand on there. I mean, I think the bigger part of it, though, actually illustrates this tension that Fox is having right now, which is that they're being pretty aggressively attacked by you know what should be their fans by conservatives by their audience you know they're not they're not just losing their audience they are they're also being kicked on the way out so the audience is is backlashing against them and there was this emerging narrative that Fox News was working with media matters to uh, make Tucker Carlson look bad and that was being pushed by Megyn Kelly by Glenn Beck um you know these are all people that had left Fox they were sort of pushing this idea that Fox was actually working with us. And I, I think part of the legal threat was as much to try to get us to stop as it was about trying to have something that Fox executives could point to to say, look, how, how could you say we're working with them? We just threatened them. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a, as a little bit of cover. Well, and you and I also actually haven't talked since Tucker's removal in the first place. Yeah. And it, it happened, and then there was speculation. Now, has it been, hasn't it been confirmed that his removal was a stipulation in the settlement with Dominion? That's what some are saying. I'm not sure that, I think that that is, I feel like that, again, that's another one of these things that Fox is sort of putting out there to try to give themselves a little bit of cover from this. Um, and... Uh, I think the real, I think the reason why, and I think the way the friend of the question too sort of gets to it is that part of the part of why we don't know 
definitively why Tucker Carlson was fired, um, I think is a little bit up by design. It's intentional um, because I, I can only look at what changed in from before and after the termination. And I do think the Dominion stuff was tied into it. I don't think it was that they forced it, though. One of the things that kind of got lost is that around 3.15, 3.13, that day of the settlement, the judge had issued an order um, appointing a special master from the court to investigate Rupert Murdoch. Uh, and that kind of gets lost. But basically what the, what the judge had determined is that Rupert Murdoch had held withheld documents um, that should have been disclosed, a lot of documents. And when he appointed a court special master, what that provides is essentially this third party who is empowered to go in and do the investigation himself. It's actually Dick. Uh, so which means you start to uncover a whole bunch of material that otherwise wouldn't have been out there. That happened at 313. Um, immediately after that order came through, Fox put on a piece of paper that their settlement number had not changed. It had been about $500 million for, for at that point for days. Um, they then put on a piece of paper another $250 million and slid it across the courtroom table to Dominion. And that's when it happened. My personal assessment of this is that we shouldn't discount the significance of why they increased their settlement number and how much the Murdoch special master tied into that. And if you're the Murdochs, what you need in that moment is a, 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 an explanation for your board and for the subsequent lo lawsuits that are about to emerge uh, from your shareholders. You need to explain why you, you held your position at $500 million for weeks at that point and then suddenly increased it to $250 million. And if you think about it, all of these stories that are coming out now, oh, th that day the board suddenly discovered that Tucker Carlson was a racist or, you know, part of, I think, what ties into this is that getting rid of Tucker was as much about power and all these other factors as it was about trying to figure out how they're going to explain to the board of directors, to shareholders, that they increased their settlement number by $250 million out of the blue without burning Rupert Murdoch. And I do think protecting Rupert Murdoch was a really big part of all of this. Corporate survival. You, you burn. You burn Tucker. You don't burn Rupert. I mean, and that's, that's it. He's the he's the company. Rupert owns the company. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And and I mean, and the special master obviously would have been very bad for them because one of the things that we and this is still ongoing, but you know, we filed an FE an FE a federal NFEC complaint against Rupert Murdoch because one of the things that came out is that he took a campaign ad from Joe, that Joe Biden's campaign purchased on Fox in. 2020, in October of 2020, before it was public, he took that information and gave that to Jared Kushner, who was working for Donald Trump's campaign. Uh, and so a non-public piece of campaign or strategy information is considered an in-kind contribution. That's well-established law. That's not, that's not a, a, an opinion. That's, that's the way the law works. It's illegal. It's an illegal campaign contribution. So we filed a complaint with the FPC to say, hey, this requires investigation and, and sanction if you, if you determine this. That's one example. That was, and that, if you look at the totality of all the information coming out, these things seemed very routine. So if you're a Murdoch and you all of a sudden get the court to appoint a special master who now gets full access to all of your files, all of your material, all of your communications, it's, it's an enormous amount of liability. And I, I think it was the termination of Tucker and all of this was successful at at least scapegoating Tucker while at the same time ensuring that the Murdochs get to reassert control over a network that Tucker was increasingly, you know, holding on to.
And so you're saying the special master is is still. Now, that was a stipulation of the settlement. Uh, that was it's the second that the court settled. One of the conditions was that the special master would be disbanded by the court. And that's exactly what the court did. The okay. day after the settlement was finished, the judge disbanded the special master. He rescinded his order appointing a special master. Um, and so, you know, it, it is it is significant that, um, that 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 took place. I don't they might have gone through all of this if Rupert Murdoch wasn't necessarily in the barrel the way that he was personally. Yeah. Um, because of the special master. Yeah. And, and honestly, when you put it that way, I mean, that's 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 a different story. You know, sure it's, is. Not a, it's not a Tucker Carlson story anymore. That's what it's not. What did the judge? Why did the judge do that? What is that? I, I want to be clear. The judge ordered that at the yes. request of Dominion or the judge ordered it on his own or her own. The judge determined. So in the in the week before the trial started, a whole bunch of information became clear um, that a whole bunch of information became clear. One that communications specifically that Murdoch had were not turned over. Relevant communications. Um, communications that showed that he was involved in decision-making um, and or was ignoring certain comments. So that then begins to raise questions as to how much other stuff wasn't turned over. And then this is when the judge made the decision. Um, up in, uh, For the entire almost two years that the lawsuit was going on, Fox had argued repeatedly that Rupert Murdoch was not an officer of Fox News. He was an officer of Fox Corporation, but not Fox News, which is a subsidiary. Um, a document was given on the Friday before the trial that um, listed Rupert Murdoch as an officer of Fox News. And this is to your point. The judge said, I'm sorry, wait a minute. Um, you've been telling me this entire time that he's not an officer. I don't understand. Dominion said... Um, Dominion then said, wait, well, we might have done things differently had we known this. Um, you know, we might have done things differently had we known this. Uh, and that changed. And that's when the judge said, I'm going to figure out what to do with this new information over the weekend. and I'll make my decision next week. And he came back and went to the special master. So um, it was sort of the judge proactively doing it, especially after Dominion had indicated that they might have behaved differently, which is you know, pretty no brainer. But I mean, um, but it's still that interesting. You settle with Dominion. I mean, I, I wonder, I'd be curious to know what was said to the judge, because if the judge did that on his own, the judge yep. doesn't have to be a party to the settlement, you know, but I, I guess. Well, the judge, the judge, well, I think in the judge's case, he would say he doesn't care because if, if there's no point in getting to all these documents, now I guess he could have sanctioned them, which yeah. you know, certainly would have been within his rights. And that would right, have right. been a perfectly appropriate thing to do. Um, now, we may still get those documents, though, because the Smartmatic lawsuit's proceeding and, you know, they presumably will, you know, still have, they'll have a discovery power. But it is, it is, it, it is not possible to tell the Tucker Carlson story or to really understand what happened that day um, without tying in the appointment of the special master. And so, and I think this cloud, this sort of cloud of confusion about his departure is very much intentional and deliberate because of the fact that they need to find a way to explain or rationalize why they would change their settlement offer out of the blue. And that's where this narrative emerged that, well, we suddenly discovered he was a racist. Um, and if you notice that they, they even try to lay little crumbs where they say, well, you know, the board of directors just discovered these text messages. 
but that's not, but everybody knew he was a racist. Like this was well-established. He said horrible things. Um, it, it, it wasn't new information to them. So, but it's an, it's a new piece of narrative. It helps explain why something suddenly changed. And that's, that's the hardest part. They need to find a compelling story or at least one that's believable as to why something suddenly changed in the last day or so of the trial um, that would allow them to, or convince them to increase their settlement offer by you know a quarter billion dollars. So we're talking about a corporation. You mentioned its board. How yep. beholden and or accountable is Rupert to that board? It's 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 barely a board of directors. It's a okay. very small six people. Uh, two of them are Murdochs. Uh, one of them is Paul Ryan. The most independent person on the board is Paul Ryan. Um. The other that. person that's on the board, <laughs> yeah, the other person on the board is uh, a former, the former head CEO of Fox, COO of Fox, of Fox, Chase Carey. Um, it is a loyalist board. They are basically a proxy for Rupert Murdoch, so they have very little accountability. In fact, that the part about it that I love is that the barely independent person, which is Paul Ryan, he's the one board member that kind of got them in trouble because he sent messages to Rupert Murdoch uh, during 2020 saying, hey, I'm reaching out to you as a fiduciary to say we might need to rethink our coverage because we could be in legal trouble. He wasn't right. saying that because he was he was concerned. If you're a board of directors and you don't exercise that authority, you can, you're, you're liable yourself. And so I think he was doing a little bit of, you know, sort of CYA to make sure that he didn't get himself on the hook. But it is it is barely an accountable board. He has no accountability to them. Right. Um, obviously, they have legal obligations, and that's where this comes in. Right. But he's more accountable to the shareholders, and there are shareholder lawsuits that are happening right now. Some have already been filed. Uh, okay. New ones are, are in the process of being filed. And the shareholder lawsuits are going to argue, hey, you, you didn't handle this well, and you cost us a bunch of money, and now we want to be paid because you cost us a bunch of money. Um, and that, that's going to be an interesting sort of set of consequences that will flow out of this is what happened with the shareholder lawsuits. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Just lastly, on the, the, the settlement and how that unfolded, Angelo, do we have any sense of 
Rupert's lawyers. I, I'm wondering if he had attorneys around and said, look, dude, you don't want this smoke. You need to come up with that other 250 million after that special master. You know, I mean, because when you're in a corporation and you're looking at your bottom line, there's always some lawyers that come in and say, hey, you don't want to do this. And I'm just wondering, is, is that potentially uh, also well, what, yeah. what might have happened? That's really interesting. The one thing that, you know, you that's pretty interesting because so one thing that happened that day um, that we were watching is starting that morning. Uh, you know, every time you have a new lawyer representing you in court, you have to just submit a filing with the court to say, hey, this person is now my lawyer so they can come to court. Um, that morning, we noticed something strange. Uh, late the night before, they submitted uh, an update to their legal representation. They added three lawyers. Okay, that's, that's new. The next morning, that the day of the trial, they filed that. That happened overnight. Then they added another two lawyers. Then another three lawyers. And that was happening all that morning. And to your point, they were just they were all sorts of different. It's like you don't add new defense lawyers the day of your trial. You, you, but what I think they were doing was expanding the circle um, as more and more people started to think about all of these other potential liabilities and traps and say, to your point, hey, we don't, you don't want this. Um, you, need, you need to settle. But they basically added, I think when all was done, nine or 10 lawyers the day the trial started. So in those last few moments of the settlement, they were filing paperwork with the court to say, hey, this is our lawyer now, this is our lawyer now. They just kept expanding their team, which meant that more and more people were coming into the kitchen uh, as they were figuring out how to handle this, this, these final moments. And I do think it ties into those last little bits of, this is just not going to play out well. You don't want the special master. You don't want any of this. And, uh, and certainly, I think that that might have had a factor in sort of nudging them across the finish line here. If you could have people in the room explaining all the other pitfalls and risks that would be associated with letting this thing continue to unfold. That, now that's it. I had no idea. See, that, that, that pretty much answers my question. Yes, yeah, it, was a, it was a big drama day. I mean, it, I mean, because it happened, the settlement happened that day, all that drama that was unfolding in those, those last hours kind of got, obviously got lost because everybody felt that it was over. Right. But it was a pretty intense few hours there between Fox furiously adding more lawyers and then, you know, the judge appointing a special master to investigate Rupert Murdoch. That alone is an explosive story if you think about it. Uh, and it just obviously just got totally swept away yeah, it did. Uh, in the news of the settlement. So and now uh, what about uh, this, though? Because I've heard seen some conflicting reporting on Tucker's actually employment actual employment situation. Has he been fired? Or is he still on the payroll and they just canceled the show? That's it. He's, he's okay. still on the payroll. He is not a fired employee. He is a, he's a employee of, of Fox right now and remains an employee of Fox. Um, what they did is exercise a provision in his contract, which allows them to not air his show yeah, yeah. Uh, and to not produce it. And so they can put him on ice, which is what they're doing, uh, but keep him on the payroll. And as long as they pay him, uh, as long as they pay him, he will... He is restricted into what he can do. And I do think that's part of where this Twitter thing came from, is that it's a, it is a, a small workaround to, um, it's a small workaround to his contract because it's very clear that if he joined Newsmax or even Rumble, he would be in trouble. But in theory, he could probably post on social media, call it a show, even if it's not a show, just post sort of snippets and, and, and his uh, and monologues and segments, um, and, and get away with not breaching his contract. Um, my sense is that Tucker is prepared to walk away from, you know, he's owed about $20 million, 
uh, on his contract, that he's prepared to walk away from that um, if it comes to it, um, because he thinks that he will make more money on the other end of it and also keep his power. There were some discussions in text messages that came out, and this sort of just shows the, the incredible economics at that stage here. That there were some text messages that came out as a part of these filings where Tucker was uh, texting with someone that is still redacted, and they were doing some quick math on how much money Tucker would make if he launched his own program. Um, and the numbers are astronomical. I mean, it's conceivable that Tucker could make 40 to $60 million on his own just doing a subscription-based program, um, putting aside any advertising. And so they were, they were even spitballing how much money Tucker would make. He knows he would have cash flow. What he needs is power, and that he'll never have again. Yeah, that, that's gone. Um, can, can he make money on a Twitter show? That's going to be hard. Okay. He well. might be able to get it through subscriptions. Um, it won't be the same as if he had direct subscriptions, but he'll make some money that way. It, it, the numbers don't work out to be as substantial. He won't make it through advertising. He, he's just too toxic for advertising and Twitter's revenue sharing there is going to be very marginal. Um, but I think this is a, I think that the Twitter thing for him was Tucker just being mad about all the leaks and feeling like he was under attack from Fox and wanting to demonstrate to Fox that he would be willing to fight back if they continued to, to, you know, his, from his perspective, malign. Um, and I think that it was a shot across the bow to get Fox to, you know, to, to ratchet down the pressure. Uh, and, you know, I, and to some extent that worked, right? Fox sort of backed off a little bit um, and they stopped poking the bear. And uh, I think because they realized that they would, they would actually strangely, even if they would lose that fight, they would, they would be severely injured. And they, they probably are permanently injured as a result of, of this. And it is a real testament to how much how much Tucker was able to step into this void left by Rush Limbaugh as sort of like, you know, the agenda setter within the larger right wing echo chamber. Um, you know, his, his power was, was, he was on the ascent. There's no doubt about it. And, and uh, that influence obviously will, will hurt Fox quite a bit. Permanently injured in terms of their audience and their following. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. I don't think they'll ever get back their audience. Um, and uh, you know they'll get back pieces of it, um, but they'll never get back the the full. I mean, they probably lost about thirty percent of their audience. They'll maybe wow. get back ten percent. Um, but you know, when Fox terminated Tucker, um, their internal assessment, from my understanding, was that they they anticipated they would lose ten percent of their audience. Uh, and so when they were doing the cost benefit and the calculus, their own internals. Um, assess that they would lose about 10% of their audience. Um, at the time, I thought that number was probably closer to 20 and 30%. It's borne out to be that it'll, you know, it obviously shot up to about 40%. Um, and it now is in the low 30s. I think they'll get back another 10-ish percent, but ultimately they'll lose between 20 and 25% of their audience permanently, that they will never get back. They will never go back to box. Um, and that's, that is, and that assumes that there's no more stoking of the fire, which I think will continue to happen within the right-wing media uh, because they obviously want to cannibalize Fox's audience. And so, um, yeah, they will never get back that audience. That audience is gone and they will never come back. What are, what, what, what now, so what's the new lineup? We're just hearing about that now too. Who? It, it's, they haven't formally announced it yet. It's, they, it, they're toying with the idea of moving Sean Hannity to eight o'clock. Right, right, right. Um, and then, shifting Jesse Waters 
um, and Greg Gutfeld into uh, into into prime time. I think Jesse's going to stay at seven o'clock. I don't think that they're going to move him around. Um, and it is possible that they move Greg Gutfeld into nine p.m. I don't know why they're obsessed with Greg Gutfeld. They seem to think that he's some great savior. I think he's just a dope. I, I don't think he's interesting. Uh, I'm not a comedian, but I understand that he's supposed to be a comedian, but he doesn't even seem that funny. He just seems kind of, seems like an angry, short guy who says yeah. obnoxious jokes and somehow calls himself, he calls himself a comedian. I thought that was an art form. doesn't feel like art to me, no, but, not good. Um, but they are, you know, he was their presenter at the upfronts of it. They had Greg Gutfeld go out stage, you know, to all the advertisers, you know, they have the you know, 2000 advertisers that come to these events. This just happened a couple of days ago. And, uh, they put Greg Gutfeld out there front and center as if he was like the, you know, the biggest thing on the planet. And, uh, uh, he kind of bombed in that room, but yeah, for some reason they seem to think that he is just the absolute, just the absolute best. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Are we, and, and so you say it didn't go over well, what are the, what are the, what are, where are the advertisers? What are they going to do? Are they, you know, they, um, they will, I don't think they're going to have a huge success. Fox has not had a successful upfront since, since 2018, meaning they have not sold their inventory in advance since 2018. Um, that is significant uh, because it means that they're, they end up getting less ads, less revenue from that. They've made the decision that it's okay because they'll, they'll make it up with these cable companies. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the sense is that Fox is sort of a weekend is sort of weekend right now and most advertisers will keep their powder dry there are some that will buy ads um like the direct response advertisers so the there's these this company that sells uh powdered vegetables uh in pill form that you can buy uh they will they will probably increase their ad buy and my pillow obviously will buy and um but they won't get back uh they won't get any huge like blue chip advertisers just yet and and you know the 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 event didn't go well I mean, I mean, even in you know, most of the reporting from it didn't go well. Um, and that's because Fox just doesn't have a compelling sell right now. They don't have the audience they've had. They can't say that they have the biggest audience. That's not true anymore. They they know everyone's mad at them. They're kind of toxic from a democracy perspective. And now they have this specter of what's going to be a pretty seemingly controversial election cycle. And it, and even so, they can't even capitalize on it. You know, they have to share the spotlight now with other competitors. Typically, Fox is alone when it, you know, when it comes to hosting, especially the debates. They usually get to be the only sponsor. And this year, the RNC is making them share it with this online platform called Rumble, which is like a YouTube alternative. And so the first primary debate is actually being co-hosted by Fox and Rumble. Um, Rumble gets exclusive digital and online streaming. Which means if you're an advertiser, that used to be a thing Fox would sell you on. Or say, hey, look, you know, we're going to have exclusives for all of these big debates, which are big. Look, those are big ratings draws, especially in a presidential year. So if you're an advertiser, like, oh, that's a sweet spot. That means I'm going to get a lot of eyeballs on my stuff. Right now, though, Fox doesn't get to do that. What Fox gets is a TV shot and then Rumble gets all the online. So if you're an advertiser, it even dil it, it dilutes your pitch to the advertisers in a way that they just they're going to have to adapt. And. If you really want to think about not just Fox's position with advertisers, but Fox's position in the larger right-wing media, the idea that the RNC told Fox this year that they needed to share that debate with Rumble tells you about how much the landscape is changing, 
where the power is and where Fox sort of sits within that landscape in the current moment. They're still a uniquely destructive force. They're still disproportionately influential and powerful, but but there is a lot of movement right now and we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that there are sort of, that we're in this place that's about as close to the late 90s when Fox News and talk was born and talk radio was on the ascent. Um, we're kind of had this reset. What's happening over the next year or so is going to shape what the larger right-wing media landscape looks like for the next few decades. And this is the first time literally in 25 years that the actual landscape is going to change. It's going to either change for the worse um, or it's going to end up changing that it's much more atomized and they're weaker and they're less destructive. Lastly, cable fees. That's that's being negotiated now. Right now, Fox is in Fox. And that's the other part about the trial that people should keep in mind is that Fox is actually at the table this month. It started last month. They're at the table. It's still going on with three companies, Charter, Xfinity, and Cox. So Charter is Spectrum, Xfinity is Comcast, and then Cox. Um, that is a big deal because there are combined, that is 36 million customers. 36 million customers right now are having their fees renegotiated. Um, the good sign is that we've been organizing people making calls, thousands of phone calls. I know that we were out calling Fox right now. There's this, this group of coalition of people. People can find out how to do it. They can go to nofoxfee.com. It gives you all the information to contact these cable companies, how you do it, what to say, so that it gets counted. Every single call gets counted. It's sort of, it's like a, you know, it's almost like a scale. These cable companies keep track because that then goes into inform their, their metric. And I will just say, you know, we had one fight with cable companies back in December. And Fox and the Murdochs lost their very first cable fight ever. Um, and it was over Fox Sports. And we held the line with one of the providers. Fox lost $400 million on that deal. One deal. So these three combined are worth about a billion. Well, about if Fox gets what they want, Fox will make a billion extra dollars a year in profit just from these three companies. $3.2 billion over the terms of the contract. If Fox does not get what they want here and they, we hold the line, Fox News becomes unprofitable in 14 months, maybe less. And that is unimaginable a few months ago that Fox would ever become unprofitable. So I think that the significance of these fees, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. This is the first time in years that there's actually a, an active Fox News cable fight happening. Um, and it should have been eight to five weeks ago. Uh, and yet it hasn't been. And that's because of the fact that the deal is being ground down. This is what organizing looks like, you know? And so I, I would just say, this is the first run at this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
nofoxfeed.com, folks. That's Go it. ahead and find out about it. Get involved in that. Angelo Carasone. And, and there's another lawsuit pending. At least one other one, right? There is. The other voting system is Smartmatic, and that's right. in uh, New York. Uh, that is set for trial in 2024. They're currently doing discovery, and they'll do depositions probably later in the summer, early fall, and maybe even rolling into the early parts of next year. So far, Fox has said they're not going to settle that, but they said that the last time. And then once they got, you know, Dominion got the goods, they settled. Um, but I think, I think what they're trying to do is run out the clock on that for as long as they possibly can uh, to get through this initial storm. All right. Really, vultures are circling and they should be. Nofoxfee.com, folks, check it out. Angelo Carasone, the president of Media Matters for America. MediaMatters.org. Check out all the latest news there as well. Thanks as always, buddy, and happy birthday again. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.